The following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Be called the uh, the Passion of the Banks. Oh. Bars just came up with a new thing called the Sandy. That's what it is. Water down and now it's time for the Department of Offense. And we're back again on a Saturday like usual. Actually, I really shouldn't say it like that because it's not a surprise anymore. No. This is our not. 16th episode, which is, is fairly impressive, which means we did 13 without dying, which was pretty cool. We made it way past the eight. I thought we were going to make it. Yeah. Like, I thought, that, I thought you know, we'd hit eight and we'd be done. Really? That's what you thought? I, I really did. Why? I thought you'd just keep going. Just, just because just you have nothing else. Just to spite people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's uh, listening, but you're still recording. Yes, pretty much. Uh, joining us in the studio today is Miles Swanson. You remember him from the beer tasting episode at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. We're bringing him back to start to kick off one of our like homebrew series, I guess. We're going to do once a month, hopefully, can do some homebrew talk. So that'll and we be have fun. nobody else we can actually bring on this broadcast. So, <laughs> Carlos, that was supposed to be a secret, damn it. <laughs> it really was, yeah. Way to ruin it. Way to ruin it. It was going to be a surprise for next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's going to listen to me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off with talking about our trivial trivia. So... I started doing this on Tuesdays. I started it last week with the what item slot should your or gets duplicated in Pokemon Red and Blue. And the correct answer is six. Six. Actually, I think it's seven. We six. did not. Is it six? We did not I ask know. that last week. I I, yeah. I forgot. I forgot to bring it back. Uh, bring it up on the podcast. It, it I've been a, asking it on Facebook. Yeah. You, oh yeah. If you did Facebook, you would know. You asked. Dumbass. No, you asked me. <laughs> You're like, is this question too obscure? It's like, eh, it's a little bit. Okay. No. Well, this week. The question was, on the interrogator droid in Star Wars A New Hope, what was inscribed on the hypodermic needle? All right. I got this one slightly wrong, I guess. But I was going to say, if I didn't see the sheet, I, right in front of me, of course, made in Britain. I thought it said made in England. It is British made. British made. I Yeah, nobody got it right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel like Googling it. Yeah. You are supposed to go. You're supposed to just guess, and then we'll answer it on the show. It'll be a thing, uh, or just know and be awesome. Use your feelings. I Luke. figured we just needed stuff out there on Tuesday. Tuesday is kind of a dead day for us. Yeah, so sure. we needed something. To Everybody has to have a day of rest. Uh, I don't get one because I'm Satan. Either that or you're so that means your day of rest is every day. Sure, why not? There you go. <laughs> Any day you have beer. Oh wow. Oh, that beer is pretty dead. Never mind. We'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Okay. Wow. Yep. You are right. Wow. Though. Tastes like delicious. Gin- Not this segment. Not this segment. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so you shouldn't have opened it yet. I know, but it's so good. Speaking of, what is this? That is uh, Miles is drinking my Smash Pale Ale. It is all pale ale malt and centennial hops. Now, the special nice. thing about that one was that it's fucking cold outside, and Casey decided to brew that outside in the fucking cold weather, and yes. he was sick. So next, it, like, has been, it has been dubbed the chronic pale ale, because <laughs> it, it made me chronically pale. I thought it was the deathly pale ale. No, It's I, all of those! <laughs> I decided on chronic, because it sounded more fun. 
Deathly Pale was a option. And then there was a couple other ones. I don't know. There was my stupid one, Beer Fluenza. Actually, that one wasn't bad. That, that's not bad. Yeah, no. that's not bad. If, if it would have been like a lager or something, I would have gone with Beer Fluenza. Because that seems yeah. more like you a You could always lager-y. do something like H2N Smash. <laughs> 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 All right. So the question of the week last week, let's just jump right into that. What should Carlos's new screen name be? The best one we got on chat was Hands O Lightning. From Matt Evenson. That's pretty horrible. Just me being Hands judged, that's pretty lightning. horrible. All right. Speedy, what do you think his new screen name should be? I couldn't think of anything, so I just hit random article on Wikipedia, and I came up with Martian Manhunter. Uh, you know, that's, you know, all right, that's a little too nerdy, all right? Martian Manhunter is a little too nerdy for me. It's a fictional superhero. I know who it is. I know, I know more about him than you do, but know, still a little too nerdy. Do. All right. Well, fine. Miles? All right, off the top of my head, if I had to come up with anything, I'd say lightning glove. And that only comes from uh, a friend of mine who had a baby chihuahua with one light pu- with one white paw, and we called it the lightning glove. And that's what that first name makes me think of. Interesting. Yeah. How are you, Casey? I would call you choking the chicken. Wow. Because I think that's funny. <laughs> because masturbation jokes are funny. This is I, I'm kinda, on the internet. I, I'm kind of sad. I was, I was hoping for. I was hoping for. Really hoping for something like good, but no. I guess. All right. Or how about this one, Carlita? No, that's. Just, but then Carlita they'll think is. you're a girl. <laughs> I never want to support Kelsey in something like that. <laughs> you just never want to support Kelsey. I just don't want to support Kelsey in like putting me down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlos. If what are you going to change your screen name to? Well, since none of these were any good, I thought Carlita was good. I did too. Yeah, um, there we go. I'm going to go with. Uh, Sorry, so we- far, unless I change my mind, of course, which I could just because, whatever. Because I'm reasons. Gonna, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with a uh, El Mariachi de los Tacos because tacos are like one of the few words. Try I know. saying that without a cock in your mouth. Impossible. <laughs> Try to ask me something a little bit more possible. I don't think I really can. I don't think I can. And I, don't you dare eat that pretzel in front of the microphone. I'm just looking at it. You look like you want to. No, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> he does have the mute button, you know. I do. I know. All right. I, I know how this stuff works. I've seen the no mute button. eating on the microphone. I haven't been. The mute button has abused me many times. I'm afraid. Well, you kind of deserved it every single time. No. Yes. Yes. Like See? half the time. <laughs> half the time. Sixty, seventy percent at most. I was going to say 45% at most, but you know. <laughs> All right. Maybe if you get them drunk enough. Moving into the beer segment, All right. which is sponsored always by Divine. And in fact, we have a Divine employee here to do a plug real quick for Divine. Do it. Heck yeah. We have Three Floyds Brewing in right now. And coming soon, we're going to be able to get the Behemoth Barley Wine. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Unless you're listening in the future, in which case that is no longer true. Yes. <laughs> They are sold out. <laughs> I bought it all. Well, yeah, yeah. that's that's believable. Yes, I can go with that. <laughs> so if you want some, bother Casey. Exactly. And I will sell it to you for a high markup. That and just a random comment. We also have cannabis energy drink. That's right. I saw that. Have yeah, you tried it yet? I have. It tastes a lot like Red Bull. It's supposed to taste like hemp seed. Did it taste like hemp seed? I have no idea. I've what never does, had hemp what seed. What does hemp seed taste like? Did it taste like marijuana? No, apparently it 
hemp seed tastes like Red Bull. Yeah. Okay. So it tastes like ass. I I guess so. I I'm not a fan of Red Bull. I just I don't even like carbonated energy drinks. When I have an energy drink, I want the ones that aren't carbonated. So that's just I, well, me, I guess. I feel like selling a cannabis energy drink is kind of misleading. I know. In a state where you cannot get the marijuana, the THC. Oh, just imagine if they tried to sell it in Colorado. They'd be so pissed. Well, but they could sell it with THC in Colorado. I but they, well, they might not though. They might just call it the cannabis energy drink. They just expect to get more cells. Uh, mm, more cells. Yeah, more cells. Do more it. cells. Do they? To the beer. Never mind. All right, so we are drinking. Yeah, you can't think of a better word, could you? No, no, Carlos. I'm just kind of ignoring you. <laughs> the holiday spice lager beer, uh, the 2011 version. So it's a year, two years old now. Uh, from Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. One of the neat things about this beer is, uh, one, it's a lager, which is very unusual for a spiced beer for the winter season, and it's also at 11%, which is almost unheard of for wow, it, most lagers. It doesn't taste oh, it 11% does not at all. It doesn't taste 11% at all. Yeah, Wait, could, whoa. Could, Speedy could, drank his entire glass. There was barely a heck? swallow in there. Speedy, did you enjoy the taste of this beer? It tastes like beer, no. It tastes. It tastes like gingerbread goodness. You know, Tommy. He, he is just reaffirming what we are drinking. That we are drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, that is what he is here for. <laughs> All right, Miles. What What do you think of this beer? What is What is your favorite aspect of this beer? He's reading something. No, I'm. Just, I'm contemplating. It's been a while since I've had this one. Um, I like the the wonderful texture that they ended up giving this lager beer. It's very, very unusual. It's very light, nice, clean finish. It is It is a clean finish, but it also has just a, a very nice, dense texture. Yeah. Uh, the spices intermingle with it just uh, very pristinely. It's all one complete flavor instead of just a hodgepodge of things you have to try and pick out. Yeah, well, and it, like, usually with, like, a like a holiday ale like this, especially something with spice. You get something that like coats your tongue a little bit and just yeah. like this one just goes down nice and smooth and just keeps like, you know, you taste it and then it's gone almost immediately and you're like, oh, well, I could use some more. Yeah, no, it's very well done. It does not taste like it's 11%. No, not at all. Not. No, the the first time I had this one, the the boss, the owner of Divine Liquors, he's like, did you try this one yet? I said, no. He's like, this one's yours. And so he gave it to me. I went home. I drank it. And by the time I was done, I'm like, I have no idea what the heck this is, but it is owning my life and I'm loving every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos. You know, I don't really, like, I, it's not that I don't like the flavors of most beers, but this the flavor of the beer like this time is it's different like it's it's interesting i find it it's very unique it, i i like this one uh it's uh i suppose i i think i kind of like uh darker beers or i like ipas a little bit more but it's a really good flavor it's an interesting flavor i i i like this one yeah i i personally really enjoy this beer i would like it better if it was a month ago or you know even you know december like this would be an amazing beer to crack open Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and you know drink while you're opening presents and trying to ignore your family. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Knowing that you spent all the money on what they're not going to appreciate, right? They're yeah. like, that's, that's why I skipped that part. I don't buy presents. Oh, <laughs> you too. But he will receive right. them. <laughs> mm, not really. No, last, I do. Last, last year I got a shirt. 
Really? That was it. Yeah. Was wow. it a cool shirt? It was a long sleeve t-shirt. Was I, it a cool long sleeve t-shirt? It was plain. It was a plain gray long sleeve t-shirt. That sounds you pretty want, cool. Do you want to know how much money I spent on presents in the last uh, two years? Not a whole lot. I've bought uh, the apple juice for the hard cider. About 20 That's bucks. That's about it. Uh, whoa, no. I, I actually, um, for... Uh, both years, though. I, I actually, for both Christmases, I okay, did buy so it. Okay, so about $40. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm doing a little bit more than that, but... Yeah, you're a much. better person, maybe, but, you know, I I think they liked mine better. I don't think they did. Probably not. Hard set, our, our, especially this this last hard setter we did was pretty good, but... <clears throat> the last hard setter we did, is, though, I think we need to add cinnamon to it this next did year. Did we? I thought we, I thought we were going to add it. We were going to, and then I did different types of yeast. And, no, I, I did the same type of yeast, but I did white sugar oh, and brown sugar yeah, that's, this year. that's right. We did brown sugar that and white was, sugar. That was the difference I did. I really, like, we definitely the white sugar one was a little bit more tart, and the brown sugar one just had that nice uh, molasses sweetness We definitely it. do have to do uh, cinnamon. Do you think white sugar and brown sugar again this year? No, I think just brown sugar. I liked the brown sugar one. You see, some people actually, like in my family, actually did like the white sugar better. Yeah, I got that a lot too, but personally, I like the brown one better. Well, so I, I do agree. Do what I, like I do better. like complexity and flavor. Exactly. Yeah. I do think that brown sugar and cinnamon would mix better, but I guess we could... Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. So, instead I, I, of we, going we could, into no, we could go that into air great with de- Carlos. No, I'm just gonna, I was just going to say, like, we could go into great detail on what we already made that you guys can't taste, or we could like just talk about some other stuff. I really enjoy rubbing people's noses and be like, hey, I have this cider. You don't. Neener, neener, neener. Maybe you guys should be better <laughs> friends with us, and then maybe you'll get some. Yeah, send maybe. me money. Exactly. Can we get some banjos, please? Mm, no. Oh. oh. No. Banjos. You know, if we don't have the banjos, Kelsey will cry. Wait, where are the banjos? They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> I don't hear them. Here. There. Are you happy now? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. <laughs> All right. So we're going in crazy arrest this week. No sponsor this week because Kelsey's not here. I don't yep. want to sponsor without her because I don't have the spiel. Because she didn't write it down for by, me. Uh, Blind Ninja Studios. Well, the entire podcast is us, so yes, we sponsored it. Because we're awesome. You're welcome, everyone. A 22-year-old River Falls man, or River Falls student, allegedly broke into a house in the 500 block of East Cedar Street before 2 a.m. Sunday, February 17th. He wore no coat or shoes and allegedly had left the the furnishing of the living room in disarray before being confronted by the occupant. The young man allegedly could only give his first name, David. Ordered to, <laughs> ordered to leave the house, the man started to do so, but then plopped on the couch and tried to curl up. Told again that he had to go, the man allegedly pro- replied, But I'm David. Oh, I can't read that line. Oh, I will have to remember that, uh, I'm David. The, hou- the house's occupant said he had no idea who the intruder was. After he was forced out, police were called. Officers found the man walking on 8th Street without shoes. Why would you call the police after he was forced out? Just let him curl up on the couch. He wasn't doing anything. Then call the police. Let them deal with him. Because I don't want vomit on my couch. Yeah, he puked all over the place. Hmm. They said he also puked on a stack of mail and other documents on an end table. The large pile of vomit then spilled over onto the floor. That's pretty (laughs) disgusting. I like that they called it a pile and not a puddle. It was a pile of vomit. Like cat vomit. He drank. I, I think this might have been a perfect opportunity for the writer to have some sort of pun in there. Right? Yeah, yeah no, this, this article was very punless, and I'm disappointed. 
Really? No, I, I, I do enjoy his, like, the drunken guy's response. But I'm David. <laughs> like, that is the best reason to get out of anything. But, but I'm David. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> Puns are the worst type of humor. They really are. So, Carlos, you wake up in the middle of the night. You, you walk downstairs. And there's some stranger sleeping on your couch. What do you do? I assume that you were drinking the night before, and <laughs> you invited some random person over, and they're now passed out on the, on the couch. So I ignore them and go about my business. Okay, I guess bad, bad uh, thing. Yes, words what? are hard, guys. I can't remember the word I was trying to say. Example. That's the word, example. <laughs> I need like a fucking thesaurus or something. All right, Speedy, what would you do? You walk downstairs. There's this guy you've never seen before. Or I guess you walk upstairs. There's a guy you've never seen before sleeping on your couch. Do uh, you just ignore it? We don't have a couch, so it wouldn't happen. You guys are terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> are we terrible? We had a couch. We never used it. We got rid of it. You are you are failing at this, Matt. <laughs> this <laughs> you failed us. first. Yeah, you are failing us all, Matt. Fail. Sorry. Some failures, just failure. Miles, what would you do? Uh, honestly, I would probably try and find out who he is, where he's from, and he's how I can David. get him there. Yeah, well, he's uh, David. <laughs> obviously, but you know, unless he's from the Bible, David doesn't mean anything to me. Well, you could be like, did you fight Goliath or not? <laughs> what if it was that, David? Like, are you just inclined to let him stay on your couch then? I could. Uh, he stop. killed a giant. That's Carlos, cause, that's being as tall as you, I'd be afraid. But does he have the slingshot with him? He could. It could be in his pocket. I doubt if he's that drunk, he can find it. Carlos, we fill this with delicious Doesn't matter. If he, if he be Goliath, hell, that's that's a cause for celebration. I'd let him sleep on my couch. Oh, that. you could definitely get in some crazy Unless with him. you were on Goliath's team. Even so, he's probably never. You never some... think about that, did you? You know, no. in StarCraft, I always like the Goliath units. On in other news. <laughs> oh, I thought we were still talking about David and Goliath. No. Okay. Other news. Other news. A brewer's retail ink worker died of methanol poisoning after stealing a 1.5 liter plastic vodka bottle of windshield washer fluid and drinking it over the course of two days. Brewer's retail ink was fined $218,000 for a workplace safety violation. He was drinking windshield washer fluid. Yes, <laughs> at some place and called Brewers Retail, out of which, an empty vodka bottle, and he and his uh, employers got in trouble for that. <laughs> I guess the moral of the story is don't employ stupid people. Like he he had to have noticed that he wasn't getting drunk. That it wasn't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. No, I, I, it's absolutely ridiculous that they try and hold the the company responsible. What am I supposed to do? Like expect that all my workers are drinking windshield wiper fluid out of a vodka? Like first of all, they're not supposed to be drinking on the job. Yeah, right. So okay, at Divine, if you saw somebody with a one point five bottle of vodka that is obviously blue, not vodka, mm-hmm. what would you do? Uh, well, UV blue. It, it could be UV blue. Yeah. Unless the bottle said you like, unless the bottle said UV blue though, 
on it or like oh my vodka God. raspberry or something. UV blue is yeah, so Yeah, but disgusting. windshield wiper is usually like a fluorescent kind of, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I haven't. I have yet to see a, a and, liquor that's and it, fluorescent. And it stinks. It kind of has a recognizable yeah, odor. Yeah, it doesn't. And I, I, you can almost guarantee it doesn't taste right. like vodka. Here's, no, maybe, it can't maybe taste this good is, at all. Maybe this is the scenario. Maybe he was... Maybe he like drank at the job all the time, and the the other workers knew to this. So they, you know, oh yeah, let's replace his whatever he drank with this some windshield washer. No, no, Maybe that's show that's that's not what happened. Uh, apparently, this company they had a policy of just like taking. Apparently, they bought like the windshield fluid and the windshield washer fluid in like bulk. Yeah, and they just took like empty vodka bottles and just filled them up. So you know they're easier to use that way. That's. Kind that's of insane on their part that's too. That's a terrible idea. Well, that's why they're getting fined. But like, I can now. Well, I then understand. They des- yeah, the then lawsuit. they deserve the fine. No, no I okay. disagree. Why is the person drinking it? Well, yeah, it's, he's at fault too. But no, the but there were there were two of them. It was him and a buddy sharing this. One of them died. The other one like was cured. Darwin would be proud. That is just horrible. Seriously, Darwin. Like that. That's what comes to mind. How can you honestly be? I so think stupid as to get yourself dead from this. Everybody involved no is idea. a moron. It's so bad. Everybody. Okay, it no, just... it's it's not. I I don't think that the company should be blamed for well, no. someone being a complete utter oh, idiot. No, no, not at all. No, well, no. Although they no. decided to put the windshield washer in a bottle. You're not liable for people's stupidity. You're a little bit liable if it has your name on it. Yeah. No. Well, if no, it's like, you, okay. kind, you kind of are. Like, no, it's, if I it's make like a utility knife and thing. someone decides to cut their wrists, I'm not responsible for them being that stupid. If, if they're on the clock, you are. No. Yeah, uh, if, if they get hurt at work or because of a work-related thing, like the employer's responsible, which is stupid. Yeah. But yeah, it was your fault for providing the razor blade. Yep. Especially if it has your name on yeah, it. Yeah, so if you kill yourself a divine, John's fucked. I, I advocate for a stupidity clause. <laughs> <laughs> so what you should do is tell John to get rid of all razors and replace them with safety scissors. Yep. <laughs> Those exactly. little childhood ones with the plastic on the outside. The, the ones, ones that couldn't cut paper for yep. shit. <laughs> the ones that a... couldn't cut melted butter. <laughs> yes. No, there is no machine that can be made immune to the stupid stupidity of other people. Researchers have reduced blood alcohol levels in intoxicated mice by injecting them with nanocapsules containing enzymes that are instrumental in alcohol metabolism. The treatment demonstrates a novel drug delivery technology that could have broad medical applications. But instead of those broad medical applications, instant hangover cure. Exactly. Like, you you go out drinking, right? You drink... You just drink super hard. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's time for me to go home. Say you drink approximately 1.5 liters of vodka so you can fill in the washer fluid. So then you're like, oh, shit, I got to drive home. You just, like, take your awesome new medical delivery system, inject yourself with these nanocapsules. Half hour later, you're sober and can drive home. Makes drinking so much more fun. Although, I wonder if the breathalyzer would still catch you because, like, it's on your breath. But you wouldn't be drunk. Oh, but it might still catch you on the breathalyzer. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but then you could uh, ask for a blood test. Oh, yeah, they I could suppose. probably test for the stuff in your blood. They go, oh, you were hammered well, it, an hour ago, and now you're stone sober. Well, you still some sort of fine. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. If you're stone sober, you should be able to drive just fine. I did see this. In I the- know a lot of sober people who just can't fucking drive. One of them sitting to my left. I can drive. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Is that why he was driving? No, he was because I have the nicest car. Yeah, my car is the shittiest of the the three. 
No, I think it's a great idea. I think it could make it could completely change bin drinking. I wonder how expensive that would be, though. Like, I, I, like that was for a mouse, though. Like for yeah. a person, no, it, it can't yeah. be cheap. Just how much are you exactly well, injecting? Th- to be fair, it's not exactly a hangover cure. It's just a drunk cure. Yes, because th- there is a bit of a difference. Yes, I guess. Yeah, but if if you're not drunk anymore, you're more likely to go like, oh, I should really get some water in me. Well, as as far as I understand it, what it means to be hangover or hungover is to lack certain amino acids and enzymes in your body, and that's what causes like headaches and you know the whole nausea, n- nausea, and all that sort of thing. And like you can still be hungover and not be drunk. Yeah, you know that's what it's like the next morning. And so if you're just completely hammered and then become not drunk. So this s- is instant hangover medicine. It, it might be. So less is double good. Double-edged blade. Hmm. I don't know. Mississippi has finally ratified <laughs> the 13th Amendment. Nice segue. Uh, that That's the amendment that outlawed slavery. It... It is the last state to do so, and it only took them 148 years. You know, I'm sure there are some people down in Mississippi that didn't know slavery was illegal. So th- this is probably just a reminder. <laughs> well, you know, they like, still think the Civil War is being fought. Right. So. Here's, the, here's yeah. the funny part with, about this one. Going down it's the fact the that <laughs> right, they, they, signed, they did sign it. They had signed it before in 1995. Because they, because I guess they decided 1995 was a good year to do that. But then they forgot to actually file the paperwork. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it doesn't count, Carlos. They're like, we could ratify this, but we still kind of want slaves. Let's so just lose this. They had like there was a, uh, I believe when I was reading this article, like there was a neurobiologist that had like, oh, let's look into this. Like, why does this state have an asterisk by its name? <laughs> Went into it like. Oh my God! This they signed it, but they didn't send it in. I mean, stamps are expensive, Carlos. It's like a bad day at the DMV. I guess. But 148 years to be like, yeah, all right, guys, we're finally on this no slavery well, bandwagon. Here's the thing. If we have to be after yeah. uh, after three fourths of the states get this though, after they sign it, everybody else signing it is just like, I just want to be on the winning team. Like after that point, it doesn't matter. Like it's already yes. law, so. True. Yeah, I mean, because isn't slavery's gone at the federal level, right? Yeah, yes. so yeah. The, I mean, they're they're able to enforce that though, for the most part on the state though, level. Though technically, the federal government shouldn't have the ability to outlaw slavery, so it should be on the state level. <laughs> yeah, but you are well, a horrible person, Casey. Because <laughs> I'm just very pro states' rights. No, it it's true. Pro states should have more rights. I am pro my rights and fuck everybody else's <laughs> rights. So, well, Carlos, you're a middle class white male. I think you're going to be okay. Like I'm middle class. I'm like <laughs> he's or like male. upper lower. Okay. <laughs> a Brazilian woman says doctors stole her baby during a C-section. Possible. When she woke up after surgery, doctors told her she had a phantom pregnancy and there was no baby. She claims that her ultrasound had shown that she was having a girl. So now she's suing the doctors, being like, they stole my baby. And the doctor's like, there was no baby. Well, you know. Who is right? Actually, if the uh, ultrasound does show anything at all, then she's probably in the right. Have you ever seen an ultrasound, Carlos? No. Yes. It's just a well, bunch yes, of, yes. like, I've, black I've, and white squiggles. I've seen I have TV. no idea what's going on in that shit. Well, okay. To be according, to TV, according to TV, though, it does look like stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched House. It and looks I, like stuff. Well, no, and people will post their ultrasound uh, pictures on Facebook, and I'll be like, 
That well, is a blob. No, no. Congratulations. Wait, wait, wait. You don't you're having the blob. I thought <laughs> I thought your Sounds default like answer was that's an ugly baby. No, that's after the baby's born. Because <laughs> white babies are ugly. It's true. Next time somebody does that, you should go. Uh, is, that a, is this a Rorschach test <laughs> or whatever those blob things are called? Just be like, I see a, a topless mermaid drinking beer. <sighs> That's what I see in all Russia. Yes, but I can see that. I'm guessing maybe Brazil is a little bit different than what America. What would Freud say about that? I need to have sex with my mother? I don't know. <laughs> I suppose I don't trust any yeah. country, so I could see not trusting Brazil. I, but I mean, I'm guessing Brazil is a little bit different than America, but if America, they couldn't do this because I'm guessing most pregnant women take a million pictures of themselves a day. On the phone, Facebook. With their phone. Put them on Facebook. So the doctors couldn't do this unless well, they... Well, no, but a, a phantom pregnancy, they will also grow the abdomen out like an actual pregnancy. The the mm. body can do ridiculous things. Like it'll, uh, like, it'll start lactating and stuff like that, even if you're not having a child. Because humans are fucked up. Yeah. I agree. And, like, you can have, like, a sympathetic pregnancy with a... Uh, like the husband can have like what's a sympathetic pregnancy where like they start feeling some pregnancy symptoms that's just too, called a beer and... gut <laughs> yes yeah that's... <laughs> no, that's... that's just what it looks like yes but no but it's it's actually a thing like the brain is super powerful and it's kind of crazy awesome but you know that... i i do think like it's it like it's quite possible that they did just try to screw her over or something or Oh no! It's we fucked up. We're gonna sweep this under the rug. And or they sold nothing. the baby. I don't Black think market. That, that's you know, a cool couple grand right there. I man. don't think that that's an issue in Brazil. Uh, it probably is. <laughs> I thought Brazil, Brazil. I thought Brazil had a little bit better of a economic issue. Like no. that, that, yeah, that's why they want more money. Like I, th- I didn't think that they were that bad. They're not doing great, dude. They're not, well, no, they're really not doing that well. I, I don't know anything about them. American doctors would do it if they could get away with it. Yep. I think American doctors make enough. Hawks Bay police have Says found a hatchback crammed with four men and 11 stolen sheep. Nothing wrong going on here, guys. <laughs> a patrol came across the hatchback in a rural area near Hastings at 1 a.m. today. The sheep had been hogtied and were lucky to still be alive. The constables were appalled to find the sheep in this condition. The four men have been charged with theft and ill treatment of the animals. They will appear in the Hastings District Court. The sheep have been returned to their owners. Yes, this did happen in New Zealand. All right, I was, I was wondering. There, I was wondering there for you a had second. to put it in there. Well, yes. Yeah. Like the constables. Who the fuck calls the cops here in uh, America? Constables. Nobody. No. Nope. I'm going to start. Constable Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be pretty awesome, though. Like, if I was a cop, I don't want to be called constable. constable. Would you wear the funny hat, too? Would you carry the billy club? And the whistle? I'd carry all <laughs> those things. And drive the paddy wagon? <laughs> if, it would, if, it, if, I could, if my title would be Constable Indeed. Constable Carlos? Most indeed. No, Constable Carlita. Constable Carlita. <laughs> it's Carlos. Post-sex change. I won't even just put a response. <laughs> it's not worth a response. Sony announced the PS4 on Wednesday, guys. It has 8 gigs of RAM, 160 gig hard drive, a Blu-ray drive, and a bunch of other nifty things. It will not be backwards compatible with the PS3. Yep, I heard that too. Really kind of irritating. But it might be uh, 
digitally compatible, like you can. The key word there, Carlos, might. Yeah. Uh, One thing they're actually going to be doing with the PS4, which is really clever, is you can buy games digitally. And you don't download them; you stream them over the cloud. So, like, you'll only oh. you'll be streaming a certain level at a time. Yeah, but OnLive did that. Do you remember the OnLive system? No. Okay, OnLive was this thing where it was PC games over the cloud, and you could rent games. So you'd pay for like X amount oh. of hours. Yeah, and I just play them that for now. that long. It it worked okay. But it was still kind of like it was laggy enough where it was still playable, but you could tell. See, I yeah. thought that wasn't that. There like, was just a control. All right, yeah, that was still I'm next just curious, gen. Like, whatever though, happened that doesn't to that? Scare me too much. Like what? I, I'm curious what happened with the on live stuff. On live is I was, still around, I, just barely. Just barely. Like yeah. what? Like the. I'm gonna be honest. Like I, I heard about like like when it's first like when they were talking about it before it came out. I didn't hear anything about it after it came out. No, it came out and. In certain circles, it was big, but... It, it kind of died out as yeah. soon as it came out. Yeah. But then again, Figured this is like the next-gen area. Era. Yeah, but... So my guess is they can probably do it significantly better than the you other But you still have yeah. to have a really good internet yeah. connection. So like people like Speedy, who are on, you know, three meg down, huh. if that, one and a half meg down, yeah, on a good aren't, aren't going to be doing super yeah. great because there's just so much information that has to be passed well, back and forth. Yeah, but then again, it, uh, so it's it, like it's streaming not like a the... YouTube video and waiting for it to buffer. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, just because you don't have it doesn't mean the it's not available. Like it's readily available technology. No, it, to be it's, able to stream it well. Yeah, well, yes, but you have to have the internet connection to do it. Yeah, I'm guessing you probably so, like, have to that, have... that's my big thing is your connection has to be so good to make it a streamless or a seamless I stream. I just know that as far as this next generation of games is concerned, I'm just looking forward to the Bungie's next game, Destiny, which, which will be on the PS4. Yeah. But uh, and the new Xbox probably. Yep, probably. But you see if it's going to be on the PC though, I'll just upgrade my PC a fuck ton. And then I'll just play it on PC. Yeah. One thing that surprised me is uh, Diablo three is going to be on PS four. You know, yeah. I saw that. I can no, I can actually understand. I would. There probably, are no. There was a. Give it a there's these uh, games called uh, on the back on like the console. What game. were they called? Like Xbox and P. I'm sure they're on probably uh, PS two. Is Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance? It played yeah. like the Diablo games, right? Yeah, well, third Baldur's Gate RPGs. was yeah. awesome. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. I don't. Oh. You did. I don't think you ever played those ones. On, on the PC, I played Baldur's Gate. That's different. Isn't no. quite. Tor- different. Isn't Torchlight on Xbox? It is. Torchlight it is. is on Xbox. Wait. Yeah. And Torchlight. Torchlight Two is a million times better than Diablo Three. I believe it. I have not. I, all right. I have Torchlight Three. I have not played it very much in a long time. Like not yeah. since November. Yeah. I, of course, right. I've played was, like maybe uh, about. Five hours of Diablo three in the last six months. So, Bringing yeah. it back to the PS4, the controller is going to have motion controls built in with a light bar, kind of like the Wii, I guess, and it has a touchpad on it, not like a touch screen, just like a like a touchpad, which yeah. seems kind of weird. It seems kind of a little weird, but they didn't go for like the full tablet, like the Wii U failed at. Uh, the Wii U. I've heard a lot of good things about the I've Wii U. I've heard mixed have, things. I've heard, I've heard a couple good things about I it. I hear that people love the full screen on the controller, especially especially if they have kids. 
yeah. because then they can play like modern warfare while they're yeah. while their kids are watching a movie on like Netflix or something. Yeah, well, I guess. I, I'd have to say for the for the Wii U, it has a lot of introductory ideas that can blossom out to a lot of cool things. Yes, uh, you know, personally, one of the things that I immediately thought of after seeing a, a quick bit about the Wii U was the idea of like a touch screen remote control, yeah. especially for all of the, the stuff you can do with like screens and, and multiples. And, you know, if you just look at a screen, you can use your fingers. It's very intuitive. Yeah. Or like don't flicking fucking... stuff up, like yeah. using it as a small screen to like, oh, I want to watch this video and just flick it up and like have it appear like, on I think the, the, yeah, the exactly. Wii U has a lot of promise. Like we haven't like it'll be I think we got another year to go before we actually see more of the pro- like yeah. just see quite yeah. what they're going to do with it. Honestly, if they can do a good Dungeons and Dragons game for the Wii U where the person with the big controller is the dungeon master and is like putting out the enemies and stuff. You're not going to see that. I think it would be amazing. And every, everybody else had the classic controllers. Yes. That, that actually yeah. would be pretty That cool. would be awesome. I, I got to play uh Mario for the first time. I got to be the guy with the uh, with the big ass controller okay. with the other two are players, and basically all I did is I could, uh, to a limited extent, manipulate the bad guys and then just create random blocks on the screen. Oh, and like help them out. Yeah, so, you know, really, for, you don't uh, try to screw them over. It, That's the opposite. No, be- it's co-op, Carlos. Yeah. You screw everybody else over. It's part of being it's, human. That's why no one plays games with you. It, it's co-op, but uh, it goes both ways whether or not you try it because, like, you know, the players are going to try and play whether you know the same way whether or not you're there you know and then you just try and save them from falling so you know you you try and place a block somewhere but they're already trying to go somewhere else i mean so it's it's entertaining it's very unique now this next gen uh depending on what xbox comes out with there could be a lot there's a there's already a lot of interesting ideas coming and i I can't wait to see where it come where it goes yeah. next. It's, It'll be. I do like the fact that they are changing ideas. Like you're trying to move forward at least. Yeah. They're not just going to say, "Oh, we're just going to take what we have and just keep going." Like they're yeah. going. They're trying to change things up. Yeah. Which and there's going to be there's going to be some new guys in the play field too because Steam is coming out with their own console. Yeah. Uh, well, the one Steam box. The, the Steam box though, like it plays like it's going to basically be like Steam, except you can just. It's more easily set up for your see, team. I, like I you could, see. you could still. Thing is, you might still be able. I, I don't know how expensive it will be, but you might also be able to just cheap, more cheaper. Just, it might be cheaper just to just make a PC just for your computer, I mean, just for your TV in your living room. I just do it that way. But I suppose it depends, like what the what the settings are going to be on for the know. Steam box. That, but the problem is something like that's never going to take off as fully as buying just a pre-generated console. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I know that. But I'm like, saying like point, it might be, especially uh, the projected price point of the PS4 is like 350 to 400 bucks. Which, that, well, that's a bit, that's actually not bad. Yeah, like, no, it's not. Bad the PS, at all. I mean, I the PS3 was like five and six hundred. Yeah, yeah. And there were projections that like the PS4 was going to be six to seven somewhere. It was going to be closer to a grand. I yeah. think yeah. they. I think they noticed that like people don't like. No, the to price pay point needs to be consoles. right. And so, yeah. like, I mean, they know they need to do like what Xbox did, like the 250, 300 dollars. Area is but even even then, that was at least, that was after more than a year. Yeah, yes. but but at this point, it's been long enough where people have been paying that much for your consoles yes. that it's pretty much come to the mainstream. Anything less where, is an awesome deal. Anything more is ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. like you you have that three to five hundred area yeah. where people will pay, 
and I think that's about it. I still think that's ridiculous that how they made they released the extra large 3DS Nintendo handhelds for cheaper than the regular 3DS 3DS is were. Yeah, yes. that was kind of insane. Which was an awesome deal for those who didn't buy 3DSs in the first place. Well, yeah, we bought ours for 250 launch day. Yeah, it happens. It's fun. Uh, Colorado marijuana regulars have signed off on pot tourism, which means soon tourists who are over 21 will be able to purchase the newly legal drug in Colorado. They will be limited to uh, they will be limited on the amount that they can buy and they will they will be unable to bring it across state lines, obviously. But basically, Colorado is going to become the new Amsterdam. Gotcha. Woo. You know, that actually might be a good deal for Colorado in the first place. Oh, it's place. going to be amazing for yeah. Colorado. Good tourism through the roof. Right? Yeah. Plus, like, they have, they already, like Colorado is already a big tourism state, especially yep. during the winter with all the skiing and stuff. And then during the summer, they have, like, just all, like, the hiking trails and stuff. It's yeah. just a, a huge tourism state. state. Now just consider selling pot and then taxing it. Exactly. Their economy is going to yeah. be booming in the next year or so. Yep. It's just, just going to be Just think of roof. how many new breweries they can put up. I know. I still <laughs> want some Crooked Stave beer so bad. Oh, man. Crooked Stave is they, awesome. They are not going to need the federal level help at all. Yeah. They're going to be sad. No, instead the feds are going to be trying to raid them and shutting them down because they're a bunch of fucking idiots. On a virtually daily basis. And finally, a man uh, caught masturbating behind a convenience store told an officer that his penis was only out of his pants or because his pants had shrunk. No, seriously, officer, my pants got smaller for some reason. That's why my cock is out. When cops spotted him, he quickly pulled out his phone and said he was trying to text his girlfriend. Yes. Wow. This these are the people who get arrested. Masturbating behind a convenience store. Isn't there like a bathroom you could lock yourself in you or know, something? You would think. I yeah, I mean you could even go into the grocery store bathroom. Right? Maybe anything's better than just behind the convenience you know, store. Maybe he's just turned on by trash heaps. Well <laughs> what worries me the most is the fact that it's still freaking cold outside. Well, I don't I don't remember where this was, but it doesn't like some miserable state somewhere. Well, as long as it's within the tri-state area, it's still freaking snowing That's outside. True, yeah. so who wants to pull it out while it's freaking snowing? <laughs> Any place north of Arizona, guys. It's a little chilly. <laughs> Arizona actually got snow earlier this week. Okay, even in Arizona, it's fucking cold. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to do uh, some Homebrew 101 with uh, Miles and me, and it'll be fun. So stay and crazy tuned. And things. So, yeah, we'll awesome. talk to you guys in a bit. And we're back on this podcast thing. Yay! Okay. Yay! That was Where the, else would we be? That was the most awkward bring back, <laughs> uh, comeback ever. That was just terrible. We, we were expecting something more. Yeah. I was. What? I I'm just wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> one of these days we're gonna have something to air between the breaks. One can, of these days. Can I just get a nice little fuck, fuck, fuck to bring me back in? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So Miles and I we're gonna talk about some home brewing, and we have uh, Carlos and Speedy who don't know much about. Well, Carlos knows a bit more than Speedy. Hopefully, uh, about no, nothing. about the brewing process to kind of act as the everyman, so Miles and I don't get too ahead of ourselves. Yes. All right. So I guess the first, like when you're talking about home brewing, I guess the first thing we need to discuss is what is home brewing. 
home brewing is uh, very much in general the process of making your own beer. Okay. Um, you're going to use various uh, extracts and or grains, ferment them, and then put them into a bottle or a keg with which you can then drink it from. All right. Okay, and then uh, inside of, like, so now that we know, like, homebrewing is making your own beer. Yes. There are three different, pro- like, three main different processes that you can use. I guess four, technically. Yeah, I'm going to toss in a fourth there and call that fourth one Mr. Beer. Mr. And beer doesn't count. That does I, not yeah, count. No, I've, <laughs> I've had Mr. Beer. I can drink it. But you know I'm not even human, so what does that even count? <laughs> well, so we'll we'll just ignore that one for the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So your your three main ones that you're like, if you're looking at getting into homebrewing and you go to a homebrew store or look online, the the three different types you're going to see, you're going to see extract with specialty grains. Yep. Which uh, and partial mash, and all grain. Okay. And so extract with specialty is you have your malt extracts, either your liquid or your dry. Usually and, both. Yeah. Uh, and what is – can you kind of explain what a malt extract is? Yeah. Uh, so you you get all the sugars that you need for making the beer, uh, ones that give towards alcohol and flavor from barley. Now for uh, simplif- simplifying the process, you can create extracts and they're going to be either liquid – in which case it's a really dense syrup, or dry, in which case it's going to be a very, very dry powder. And both of those are going to lend uh, the sugars of varying types towards the beer that you need to make. Okay. And then, yeah, so, and then your specialty grains are going to be any of your roasted or coloring grains? Oftentimes they add uh, primary colors and a little bit of flavor and texture to just kind of uh, add a little complexity to the beer. Uh, I got to ask this. You say coloring grains. Like th- I'm assuming you mean it adds more than just the color of the beer. Not necessarily. No, that's just it? Not like really. it, just, it just changes. The, yeah. Like I, I, in my case, I don't really care what color the beer is as long as it's, you know, beer. Yeah. Like I just care more about the taste and the color. The colors never matter to me. I'm just... Well, is, yeah. is it just for color or... Uh, it can More, be. It, it can be. Um, there are a couple of other, you know, aspects that can go into it. But for the most part, for making a single style, there is a set definition of what a style of beer has to be before it can be that style of beer. And color is one of them. And so you can make a, a beer with all these extracts, but then you might need just a little bit of that grain to add a color to make it fit its So just definition. because it tastes like a certain type of beer doesn't mean it's that type of beer if it's not the right color? Yeah. Well, it, it means it falls out of style, which is, you know, for us hoity-toity people, um, less preferential. Yeah, so, like, that's when people were making IPAs, and they're like, you know what, I want to make a black IPA. Or, I guess, what the hoity-toity people call a Cascadian dark. IPA. Yeah, Cascadian Dark. Yeah, which is so dumb. What a dumb name. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, it doesn't like, really... so pretentious. Yeah, a little bit. You know, you guys would say so, hoity-toity, but you, aren't you the hoity-toity? Like, you're, you're, no. you're putting the, these exclamation points in the air that I can see. Like, it's, I'm pretty sure you are they're talking called, about yourself. They're called air quotes, not exclamation they're points. Air, air quotes, whatever. <laughs> no, uh... 
I, I guess I'm not a beer snob. I'm a beer enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. Two I, totally different. Like a beer snob true. will take any beer and be like, well, it's not as good as this beer, so I'm not going to drink it. That's right. I can't really say. I can't remember hearing you say that unless it's like Miller or. <laughs> yes. The big three I tend to stay away from. I, I respect the brewers. I don't respect the beer. Yeah. It's for the best. But but it is to be said that as beer enthusiasts, we do recognize that a beer style should fit within its definition. Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. So when you're doing extract with specialty grains, it's going to use that malt extract and that's and then just just like maybe a pound. If that of the crushed grain for the five gallon batch. Yes. Yep. And everything we talk about is going to be in the five gallon batch because that's the most common size for the home brewer. Yeah. It's it's basically the go to amount. It's what uh, companies make their recipe kits for. It's yep. it's what they make the equipment for. It's the standard. Yes. And in fact, we have a brewer's best uh, recipe kit sitting in front of us right now, so we can kind of talk about the different aspects. And we'll go into that just in just a little bit here. Uh, going to the partial mash. That is where you're using a larger amount of the crushed grain. In fact, you're actually converting, doing some conversion in that. And conversion is something we'll talk about in a later episode. But basically, uh, when you're talking about conversion, you're taking starches and making them into sugars. Yes. I, I, I want to I ask this for my own personal help. Have we done a, one of these, Casey? We have not done a partial mash. Right. We skip partial mash, and most people do, unless they're lacking in space. All right. Uh, yeah. The the nice thing about partial mash is you can use basically the same equipment that you're using for an extract batch. All right. Yeah. It it's a little it's only slightly more involved. The uh extract with specialty is pretty much just a little bit lazier and yeah. tossing up some more air quotes well, in there. Well, it's it's not necessarily lazier. lazier. Uh the way I describe it is uh with Simpler. extract you have the least amount of control over your beer. But it's the easiest to do. Fair right. enough. No, that that's very accurate because you can do some very very good beers and and recipes with uh, extract and, and yeah. special. You just drink. don't have as much control. And then if you're doing a partial mash, you definitely have more control. Like just um like you ha- you have like it's it's a nice middle ground of the control you have over the beer over the now, flavor. Yeah. You say uh, middle ground and like with partial mash, like it says like use a large amount of crushed grain. Like, do you actually do like crush the grain yourself with this one, or like is it already like pre crushed? No, when uh, you do this? they they don't make kits for partial mash, so you have to like kind of build your own recipe. So I'm just curious, then why not go like the all grain route then? If you like, I said, if you don't have the space, ah, all right. It, yeah, oftentimes it requires a uh, more specialty equipment and uh, often significantly more time. Uh, for example, if you were going to do an extract with a specialty grain recipe, you could get that done in just a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do an all grain batch, uh, especially a big one, it could take upwards to about eight hours in a day. And yeah. so, like partial grain uh, would fall in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. looking at four, maybe five hours. Yeah. Well, Tops. then again, for for all grain, if you're doing like a pale ale or something, you're looking at about four once you get yeah, your I mean, system. Dialed yeah, in. I mean, it does take some time and it does take some practice and oftentimes even additional uh, uh, help. But you can get it done relatively succinct. But if you're looking to do stuff yourself, uh, you know, and, and big things, you can it can honestly take I, upwards to eight hours. I've only ever day. even I've yeah. only ever even seen the extracts and the all grains. I haven't yeah. ever seen a partial mash. So yes, uh, partial mash is definitely an intermediate 
intermediary step where that people do if if they don't have like a lot of people if they're stuck in apartments they'll go from yeah. extract and be like I just want a little bit more control and they'll do a partial mash. Yeah, it, it honestly the biggest part is just dealing with uh, boil volumes. Yep. Because for partial mash and uh, extract with specialty, it, you only end up boiling somewhere between two and a half, maybe three gallons of liquid, which is something your stove cap your stovetop can do inside. After that, you end up needing a burner and doing it outside. Yep. Uh, and then uh, you can do you can move from partial mash to do all grain, which is what the pros do, yeah. where you are taking you're starting with whole grain and crushing it. And making a beer from scratch, literally from scratch. Yeah. Outside of growing your own ingredients, you are you literally have every control over. Yep. You the can make step you can make the everything. beer as complex as you want, as simple as you want. Like I just did a beer, my smash beer that we have on the table here. What does is, that stand for? Uh, smash is single malt and single hop. Okay. So it is it is literally two ingredients. I am using all. Uh, pale ale malt, Bryce pale ale, and then I used all one type of hop, which is uh, Centennial in this case. Yep. So Centennial hops. and Or you can uh, have beers that use you know up to 15 different types of malt and four or five different types of hops. Yeah, you can make it as complex as you want to. Yes. And you can like throw pineapple in the kitchen sink in there if you want to. <laughs> yeah, it exactly. It. Yep. So like it says, like you left a note on here, like most amount of control and most difficult to do right. Like, why is it the most difficult to do right? Because there's so many points where you can go wrong. But there's also like so many recipes out there. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, if you got it wrong, you can say, "Oh, this is a different recipe." No. Well, the thing is, uh, you can take the same recipe and give it to five different brewers, and it's going to turn out differently for ever for each of the different brewers depending on their process. Like how close, like does like how easy is it to follow? Di- like I'm just, can you guys one of you give an example? Like how easy it is to just fall apart from like where it's supposed to be? Like yeah, I I can. All right. Um, uh, I'll just give a uh, an extreme example here. All right. Uh, in reference to a cream ale that we attempted to make one day uh for all grain what you end up needing is a what's called a mash tun and the simple version is a cooler with a false bottom of whatever kind and you can get what's called a stuck sparge the grain can plug up your system uh, and prevent you from being able to drain all of the sugar water that you've been spending so much time to make that ends up turning into your beer and then we spent like almost an hour and a half, almost two hours trying to fix the problem. And we were virtually convinced that we had by that time just kind of wrecked the beer and we dumped it down the drain. Yeah. Well, because, uh, you, when, when you're extracting beer from, or the wart from the grain, the wart is what uh, brewers call the sugar water that they're extracting. Yeah. yeah. Fancy uh, word for sugar. Water. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, like you need to be within certain temperatures to pull the right uh, stuff. If you have it in there too long or too high of a temperature, you're going to extract what is called tannins, and those are going to give your beer a like a sour, like bittery flavor. It's the same thing that makes a dark red wine dark red. Yes. Are there any cases where like you want that flavor? No, no? not really. Depen- not not well, for beer. Not. There's certain styles where you want more tannins, but you never want like the level of tannins that you're going to get if you say you leave your wart going for two hours. All right. Yeah. No, it's very, very minimally speaking, but uh, 
for the beginner, the word, you know, the, the answer is no. Yeah, there's, the answer there's is no, no for the beginner. Yeah, for the beginner, there's no reason you would ever want to, want that. So it's really, really easy to like or just get a different beer then. Like, like yes. you're aiming for something like you get something that's like not what you want at all. Honestly, uh, even for me, I've been brewing for about five or six years. It would be very easy for me to brew the exact same recipe five times in a row and end up with beers that taste five different ways. Yep. It's on the homebrew scale. The biggest thing that you're looking for is the ability to recreate your recipes the exact same way multiple times. So yeah. what is like with all grain, like what's the, what is the best way to like, you just like keep careful notes. Like, is that notes. the best way? Notes are notes, your friend notes, As, notes, and notes, start notes, when notes. you start doing extract, start taking very specific notes. Just get yourself into that habit yeah. of taking the best notes you can. Very meticulous on like what temperatures you're using and... So that way you can recreate, like, if you, like, come up with a recipe that's actually really good, you want to be able to recreate it? Yes. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and this isn't going to, going to necessarily mean a lot to a, a lot of beginners, but uh, for, you know, for the advanced home brewer who, do, who does all grain, um, things that come into play are the amount of yeast you put into your beer the temperature at which you mash, the pH of the water and the mash, the mineral content of the water, the grains that you're using, uh, the efficiency with which you extract the sugars. You know, all of this comes into play, and uh, the vast majority of this is uh, erroneous information to the home or the beginning home brewer who's going to be using yeah. the partial mash and extract yes. kits. And let's you know, let's take let's take this episode and let's get away from talking about these. Uh, advanced techniques, and let's go back to where we all started all right. yeah, with the exactly. extract and the specialty. So the first thing is, why would you want to brew your own beer, Miles? Let's let's get your answer, and then I'll tell mine, and let's see where they kind of end up. Well, fortunately, fortunately, I have a very uh, uh, grounded opinion in the fact that I work at uh, the wonderful Divine Liquors. Yeah. Yay! My favorite place in and, the world. It's and- like it's like Disneyland for adults. <laughs> And we sell homebrew supplies. And realistically, all of the recipe kits cost somewhere between $25 and $35, with very few being either above or below. Is that for the, I'm just curious, is that for the whole kit or is, like, is that like just counting like the, that, that's the, actual, just, the beer stuff? And that's like for not, everything not you're pots. seeing on the table that, here. That's for the stuff you're seeing on the table. Right. That's just the, uh, the organic material. All right, not for like the pots and the. No. Nope. Right. Uh, nope. On the low end, all of the equipment could cost you as low as about 150 bucks. Yeah. Even less than that. E- yeah. Even less than that if you have some of the stuff lying around yourself. Yep. Uh, on the high end, you could spend somewhere between 350 or $400. Yes, for a beginner kit. Now, if you uh, consider the price of any recipe kit, even as uh, something as complex as a barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout, that'll cost you maybe 38 bucks. And that gives you a little over two cases of beer. And if you do the math, that works out to be about... 48 bottles. eighty. Yeah. yeah, somewhere between 80 and 85 cents a bottle. Now, if you go to your uh, home or you go to a liquor store or somewhere that sells craft beer, if you're looking for a barrel-aged imperial style, you're looking at paying somewhere between 3 maybe $5 a bottle, depending on what you're getting. And that's a huge, huge price difference. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I've noticed, like, that whenever we do homebrew, like, we always consistently get about 48 bottles worth of beer. Yeah, right around two cases. Yeah. And so that, it's a good reference point. And so uh, if you start thinking that 
for whatever it is you get, you know, let let's say Spotted Cow is a reference point for nine dollars a six pack. Okay, your six packs of homebrew, almost no matter what you're making, costs right around four bucks. Yep. Uh, yeah, four to five bucks. Four to five bucks, and so you know, and you're doing this two cases at a time or eight six packs at a time, and so realistically, after about your fifth or sixth homebrew, it's already paid for itself, and you're of all, you're already saving money compared to the amount that you would have spent on the beer that you've made yourself. Yes. Uh, on the flip side, mine uh, my reason for brewing is I like the taste of good beer. And so I was like, I want to see if I can recreate some of these flavors that I like myself. Uh, I'm just curious. Why did you decide, like, what made you decide, to, like, I like this better beer? Like, what beer, like, set you on the path? Like, I, There wasn't any one beer. It was more, like, I have a, I really like to just try things and then do them myself. Like, I have this, it, it's almost like a disease where I just need to try something. And beer was one of those things where, like, I'm curious about the process. I researched the process a little bit, and I'm like, you know what? I could do this, and let's try it. How about, how about you, Miles? Like, I'm sorry to cut you off, Casey, but like, what about you, Miles? Like, what, what, like, what? I feel made like you Carlos d- just took over as host. What like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide? Like, I don't want like MGD anymore. I want something different. I want something better. Like, um, well, to be fair, I actually covered this a little bit in the yeah. last episode I was in, but it was a, a particular beer. It was Stone Soup from New Glarus. That was just kind of like. Wow, beer can be amazing. And then years later, it was uh, at a particular job with uh, where I was just kind of going off on my thing about beers, where I said I could do this for the rest of my life, and it was very much Hollywood style, light above the head. That was it. That was it. I was done. That was what I was going to do. And like right, like was it like right at that point you you started, or like you had started like maybe like before that point? I had realized that I had a very intimate interest in the whole thing, but it wasn't until that point where I like. Life devotion. Okay. No, if I remember, like I think you said last episode, like the last episode you were on, that you started with all all grain. I did. Like you I just did. jumped. Like do you do you kind of regret that you skipped the extract batches or like? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I've done some reading, you know, and, and you'll get uh, people who start all over the board with, you know, literally the most basic or the most complex. I started with the most complex, uh, which is what fewest people do. Uh, but at the same time, there are a lot of regrets uh, with it because I dumped the first 15 gallons of beer that I made down the drain because nobody wanted to drink it, not even me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fairly tolerant with things that I make for myself. But um, I don't suggest that to any of my customers because there is a fairly steep learning curve very be- steep between uh, extract with partial mash and going to all grain like I'm just like in our case like in me and Casey's case I'm really surprised that all our beers have not turned out bad yet like hey we've, hey. we've had <laughs> our beers have turned out amazing so far yes we we have we've had a couple that were that have been teetering on the edge but Overall, like, they've turned out good. Like we won, like like last year, we won the Divine Award. So for the homebrew competition, yes. so like that's to be fair. I think that's pretty awesome. But to be fair, as as long as a uh, recipe is decently written, if you can make a good stew, you can make a good beer, and that that's not a lie. It really is true, which is one of the reasons why I try to encourage so many people into just trying home home brewing for the first time, yes. because if you have a sound recipe, uh, you can't fail. It is it is but, definitely worth a couple hours. Yeah. All right. Before we go any further, um, my side of the I like brewing beer because it's cheaper than buying. That's true if you're going to stick to 
extract batches. Otherwise, like once yeah. once you start doing going all grain, the ingredients are cheaper, but the equipment is more expensive. And once like once you're bit by the brewing bug, you keep spending money on brewing equipment and kegerators and just all this crazy stuff. It's it's definitely a money sink. So if it's a really good like if you need to convince a significant other to allow you to brew, be like, "Oh, honey, it's gonna save me money in the long run." Wank, wank. <laughs> otherwise, like, otherwise, don't run. get into it thinking that you're gonna save all this money. Unless, unless your name is Casey being... and you get your your hands on all sorts of free stuff, like <laughs> just let's just be completely honest with yourself and be like, "Okay." Uh, at the beginning, I'm gonna save some money, but in the long run, probably not because you're gonna you're gonna want all this new equipment. You're gonna want to start to start kegging because bottling sucks. You're going to like just, and then you're gonna be like, you know what? I should have a bar in my house. <laughs> that seems like a good idea. Okay, to be fair, that's the plan most for the summer. Think that anyway. Yes. No. Um. It is true. There, there is. Uh, it is infectious. It's very, very addictive. Yes. Uh, it's it's very fun. It's a very relaxing hobby. It, it is. I would say. I would say. Try to get the stuff as cheap. Like I know that we got our kegerator. Like we've got like the 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 freezer thing. Yes. Like, well, and we got we'll, that for free. We'll do an episode down the road on kegerator. Right. Like. Well, I'm just gonna like let's go into the basic information on like we like Casey. Well, not I. Casey went through a lot of effort to get this all. Nice and we'll we'll have to eventually put some more a lot more information out there. Like Casey said, we'll do an episode on this stuff. But like it looks pretty amazing, and like it was something that we got for free that Casey put a lot of effort into and made it into an actual kegerator, yes. and so but, it was pretty okay. impressive. Moving on from why you should brew and how I, to get into the actually, hobby. I have oh. one last comment. Okay. If you go, don't go mind. for it, I will say that one of the most unregrettable aspects that I have ever encountered in entering myself into the homebrew world is that it is the most wonderful atmosphere for meeting new people uh, who have the same... I have uh, never met a homebrewer that's a complete dick. Never. I have never. to admit... I like, have to it admit has been that, uh, the most fascinating atmosphere I've ever put yeah. myself into. Because, I mean, everyone's out, especially if you go to a competition or something, Enter competitions just to get feedback on your beer. Like that's uh, if like, even yeah. if you're just starting out, just enter competitions to get feedback on your beer and to meet other home brewers. Yeah. Like especially like a lot of competitions that will charge you like five, ten dollars, fifteen dollars a beer just to enter. Like it's worth it. Like just get the get, get the, the feedback, feedback and, and you meet all those meet other, other people and it's yeah. it's worth it. All right. Okay. So moving on. Moving on. So the best place you're going to want to start is with the extract with the specialty grains. Which which we've talked about mostly because there are less points of failure. Yeah, and we're going to go through uh, making a extract batch step by step in just a couple of minutes here. Um, but the biggest thing when you're starting with extract and the biggest rule of home brewing is sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. Don't forget sanitize. Yes. So when you're when you're doing extract, what you instead of worrying about the beer, you want to make sure all your shit is clean. Like yes. you're gonna take your one step, your star sand, whatever sanitizer you like to use, and there's there's a whole bunch out there. Just yeah. make sure it's a food, uh, food like a food friendly sanitizer, yeah. like FDA approved. And, and, and honestly, all that. if you're getting a homebrew kit from wherever, they're also gonna have the san any sort of sanitizer yep. that you'll need. Is yeah. there like a special like type of sanitizer that you guys prefer? 
Uh, I personally love Starsan and Miles. I know likes One Step. I I use both these days. Okay. I use Starsan and One Step. They're kind of uh, like one's a powder. One's a liquid. Yep. Which one you like better is up to you. Yeah, they both work awesome. They both work awesome. Like, uh, I'm just, like, just for me, like, those are just names. Like, what's the, what's the difference? Uh, well, like I said. The one's biggest, a liquid, one's a powder. That's, that's yeah. it? That's basically um, what it comes down to. Like, what's what's different than, like, in a regular sanitizer, I guess? But the, the biggest thing that they have going for them in reference to homebrewing is that they're not, or they're no rinse sanitizers. They're completely inert to to. Like, if they came in contact with your actual beer, they wouldn't do anything yes. to it. They will kill virtually everything else, but not your beer. Yeah. In fact, the uh, – uh, and Starsan is so safe that one of the guys who – or the guy who invented Starsan at a conference, he filled a glass up with uh, with Starsan water and drank the entire pint glass. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Starsan is engineered where, like, the foam that it makes is actually a yeast nutrient. Did not know that. Yeah. Oh, good things to know, right? They're, yeah, that's all interesting. Like, yeah. I, I knew that about Star Sand. Like, I, that's why I was like asking about like uh, one, the one step. I, I don't know about one step. I, I, I doubt one step that does that, but uh, one step is cheaper. Yeah, one step is much cheaper. Uh, much cheaper than Star Sand. Yeah. Like how many? Uh, I'm just like like how many? How long does your Star Sand last you? Compared? My Star Sand will last me. About five, six, six batches. Yeah. Oh, and like how much does it cost you though to get all that? Seven, like, eight bucks. Seven, eight bucks. Well, Starsan I... will last me probably 12, 13 batches and will cost me about six. So, like, the sanitizer is pretty cheap. Like, no, all, the, all the way around, it's, it's pretty cheap. It's very cheap. cheap and you are going to use a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. you're going to make it in five gallon batches and use all five gallons of that Starsan. Like, you're, yeah. yeah. Well, basically, what we'll do is uh, we'll set up a Rubbermaid tub, you know, because we do this outside. We'll set up a Rubbermaid tub of sanitizer water. Uh, most stuff just sits in there until we use it. And then and it goes then, right back in. Yeah. And then every time we're about to touch something, we just go elbows deep and then do what we need to do. We don't, I mean, we really don't mess around Yeah, yeah we so, Like, we use, usually just have one of our buckets full of the stuff and then we just yeah. dip it in there. And we yeah. use the Rubbermaid, like we have one of the Rubbermaid tubs for when we cool the tanks up the, the yes. things off yeah. yeah which we'll get to uh, yeah. but yeah so number one rule when home brewing sanitize and all right so cleanliness is important but sanitation is more important than cleanliness yeah uh hopefully we don't actually need to tell you how to clean things you should yes. know you should know how to like but make things visually clean but sanitizing is, is important unbelievably the most important thing because if you can't keep something clean everything else is moot yes so yeah uh no matter like what like my kitchen has never been cleaner since i started brewing oh i have to agree with that <laughs> <laughs> like our kitchen was would usually like i'm a i'm the roommate of casey for like the last couple of years and our our kitchen would periodically get pretty bad <laughs> pretty bad periodically is bad. <laughs> okay on a consistent on a consistent <laughs> basis there were domino's bad. boxes stacked higher than the counter at one point it was supposed to be like that <laughs> that's <laughs> how we found the place <laughs> <laughs> no that's how you left the place <laughs> okay moving on yeah. moving on all right so let's let's talk about the equipment you're going to need so for an extract batch the the biggest thing you're going to need is a five-gallon pot, stock pot. 
right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, five gallon stockpot is going to be by far the biggest investment you make. And then depending on. And that's what, like 50 bucks at most. Somewhere between 50 and 80 bucks, depending on what quality you get. Uh, the least, I mean, the least quality that you really actually need that is you're a not nice sacrificing aluminum. anything is aluminum that should cost you about 50 bucks. I'm, I'm just, I'm just surprised on my half on my part that it costs $50 for a pot. Like, I know, I know, well, it's, I know it's five gallons. Actually, in size. no, uh, you, you can find them online or on eBay for significantly, like an aluminum pot you can probably get for about 30 bucks. Right. The biggest thing about pots for home brewing is that they never have any welds ever. Yeah. And so that's one of the things. The pot is one piece. Yeah. And, and that's what drives up the price. I mean, you'd, you'd really be surprised. I mean, you can weld on a handle, and that's what's going to drop a price down for a big pot. But as soon as it's uh, no welds, which is what you need, otherwise the weld can start leaching stuff into the beer. Like even if it's just a handle? Yeah, even if yep. it's just a handle. Um, you want no welds. None, welds are bad. None whatsoever. And that's what... Uh, Help, or that's what also facilitates the uh, the higher price for. Or if you guys them. have uh, turkey fryers, I know a lot of people have turkey fryers at home. Yep, uh, you can use the aluminum pot from that. That's a fi- or that's a uh, actually a seven and a half gallon pot usually. Yep. Or if you have like the really big spaghetti pots. Yep. Uh, those will work as well. Um, honestly, pretty much any pot that you would ever use in your for kitchen cooking, yeah. for cooking, uh, if it can hold uh, two and a half gallons of liquid with some room. You can use that. You can. Yeah. yeah. Does, and does so, the material of the pot matter? Like, does it have to be? It really. Do. I mean, you, if, like, if you, you could for, use ceramic if like, you want. If for some reason you have a giant five gallon cast iron pot that weighs three and a half tons, That's, if you wanted to use that, you could. As long as it can boil the three gallons of liquid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there, there's literature on, or there is literature out there uh, that explains the difference between all the uh, materials that pots are made of. And there are very, very few of them out there that are actually contrary to the brewing process, and none of them which are readily commercially available. Yeah. If you can use them for food, you can use them for brewing. Yeah. I kind of figured. That's, that's the rule of thumb. If, if, the, if you are safe using this for your food, and you can consume this on a regular basis, you are fine using it for brewing. Yeah. Um, I mean, fermentation is a little different, but we'll get to that yeah. when we hit that. But yeah, for, for the boiling, the pot is going to be your biggest expense or your biggest problem to find. And a lot of people honestly have pots big enough in their homes already to start yeah. brewing in. Yep. And and if you do enough research, even smaller pots with smaller amounts of uh, boiling volume, you can figure stuff yep. out. But you'll want to talk to a homebrew guy before you yeah, try so to you're going to want to talk to somebody or somebody at your local homebrew shop. Or just a forum online if you find a forum for uh, uh, it's, homebrew it, people. Uh, honestly, it's a little more complicated. Really? Like the- uh, homebrewtalk.com? Very good. All right. Very good. Yeah. Home, yep. Very good homebrew but resource. But it, it's not quite as simple as just using less water. There is a lot. Yeah. Of well, I, was oh, just, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, you could, like, ask for advice on any of this stuff on, oh, like, a, yeah. on, like, a... Yeah. 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 If, if, if you guy, don't have a homebrew shop around you. Yeah, but like, the, the yeah. thing is, is you could get, uh, you know... Uh, Advice for any one recipe, but to get information applicable to every recipe you'd make, that's a whole different story. Oh, yeah. I suppose, like, there's a lot of different Uh, views out there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, besides a pot, you're going to need a fermentation vessel. There's There's... Two big, uh, well, there's there's actually three uh, big different kinds out there. You have your plastic five ga- or five to uh, six, six and a half, half gallon bucket, uh, just plastic food grade bucket with a gasket seal on it, uh, and then you have your uh, plastic or glass carboy. Yep. 
and then you have your stainless or plastic conical. Now, I, yeah. in, my, in my case, I've only ever seen, like, since that's what we use, the plastic fermentation buckets. Like, why would you, like, what's the difference between them? All right, so there's there's pluses and minuses to all of them. All right. Yeah. So the big plus for the buckets, they're dirt cheap. They're dirt cheap. They are so cheap, and they work per like they work good. They have enough headspace for all of your fermentation. They're like, easy to clean. They're and, easy to clean. And also, the one big thing they have is uh, for people who want to make ice beers, and for people who actually want to bother to scrape off their uh, their frozen. Yep, they're frozen. And yeah, and yeah, they're way easier. They're a lot easier to clean than the. Uh, but that's the neither. Carboys. Both of those things are neither here nor there for the beginner. Yes, yeah, those, those aren't important. Uh, for the beginner, I honestly recommend the bucket just because it's less initial investment. Well, yeah, uh, um, but, on, from, but the the downside of the plastic bucket is you do have to replace them at least once a year. Yeah, when, gonna, once they're about a year old, like because they can harbor bacteria and stuff if they get scratched or anything. Oh, and, even if you like, you can't sanitize them anymore. Like they get. They well, get no, I mean, you can or, you, you can keep sanitizing them, and I mean, if you're really careful, you can probably keep them for like a year and a half. But eventually, you are going to have to replace those plastic buckets. Yeah. And they're only like and, five or six bucks. Yeah. Yes, they're not um, expensive. And and I was going to say, uh, coming from the fact that I sell these kinds of things, if you're looking to get a kit that comes with pretty much all the stuff we're going to be talking about here, by the um. And you get the the basic, which is going to or basic kits, which come with plastic, versus uh, the the deluxe, which comes with glass. By the time you want to get a glass one, you should have started with the deluxe, anyways, because you you'd have already saved thirty forty. Yeah, bucks. I'm just curious. Just I, I, I want to ask this: Do they actually sell kits of all the stuff that you want for this homebrew stuff? Like, yeah. if you wanted to yep. just start, if yes. you want to start with homebrew, like they'd sell kits of yeah. all that stuff. Uh, if At, if you're local, go to Divine. You're, they're going to give yeah. you a great deal. If you're not local, uh, there's a bunch of online places like uh, there's Midwest Homebrew Supply, Midwest Northern uh, Brewer. Northern Brewer. Uh, you can get a lot of er, uh, Austin Homebrew Supply. Yeah. Um, there's a few. Like, there's there's a bunch of them out there. If you look, you can find a great deal. I know that uh, Midwest does some Groupon deals that will give you your kit or give you your beginner kit plus uh, two recipe kits for like 120 bucks. That that's actually a pretty good deal. That's a very uh, good deal for us right uh, for our store right now. Um, if you were looking to walk in, walk out, um, and bare minimum be able to make a beer, we're looking at about one hundred and forty dollars, yep. which really is not that bad. It's, oh, no. it's not to get That's started. It's very good because I think when I started, I dropped almost two hundred and fifty bucks on. Yeah, yeah, stuff. that sounds about right. Talk to me. I dropped almost six hundred to get started. <laughs> well, you started, and then with I all dropped green. another six hundred after that. Yeah, and who, uh, like is that even like think about how many wasted beers you had though? Yes. Too, well, so. okay. To be fair like uh a large amount of that price is not something you spend again oh yeah because i mean the the yeah rest only the, about 30 of that is oh, ingredients yeah. the yeah. beer well, part about that like the, the actual like the nice thing about home brewing is the beer part of the, your investment is, is not that the, much compared to your equipment cost yeah and the equipment cost you really only spend once especially yeah. if you have a roommate who wants to pay for everything right carlos yes carlos <laughs> yeah hey, well i'm the one who paid for everything yeah right? exactly <laughs> all right bottling buckets uh well let's let's talk about carboys for a oh, second. Oh, sure. Uh, so carboys are your other 
are your other choice. Yeah. So you can get plastic uh, carboys. Better Bottle is the biggest brand out there right now. Better Bottle, yep. I, I see so, them more for uh, winemakers yep. then. Uh, but for secondary fermentation for beer makers, they're, yeah. they're out there too. The They have the same downfalls as the uh, plastic buckets is you have to replace them once a year. Yep. At least once a year. Even the glass ones? No, no. Just the plastic ones. The glass ones, they will last you a lifetime if you take care of them. Yeah, if you take care of them, they they won't scratch. Like, they'll always sanitize. The only problem is they're heavy as fuck and they're glass. And I've seen some horror stories where people have, like, dropped them or hit them wrong. And they've had huge lacerations on their arms and stuff where, like, they've had to get stitches and almost died because of dropping glass carboys. uh, So you have to be careful with carboys. But one of the uh, safety measures that we've employed, uh, my friend, uh, who lives in a place where uh, where we do all of our home brewing, has a cement floor in his basement, and that's where we do all of our stuff. We have like nine glass carboys right now. Uh, all we do is we we never set it down on the actual cement. We lay a towel down first. Okay, that's really all yeah. you should have to. No, do. Or you could get one of those like uh, te- like if you went to like a Home Depot or something, get like one of those test carpet squares. Just get a whole bunch. You of You can those. do that. Uh, you can also use a milk crate. A six and a half gallon carboy will fill perfectly inside of a milk crate, and then you have two handles to lift it up from. And yeah, like uh, Miles, like I know Casey started with a, with the fermentation buckets. Did you start with the carboys? Carboys, glass. Right. Yep. Um, I ended up uh, having a lot of money at a particular point, and I I went in there with the mantra "Go big or go home." That's why I ended up spending six hundred and seven. I have no idea what you're talking about. So you you had no, so basically at that point you had no choice but to, I can't back down at this point. <laughs> no, it was it wasn't. Uh, I can't back down. It's I'm not going to sacrifice or cut any quarters on what I know it is that I want to be doing. And so, like, um, we're talking about getting a $50 pot. I got a $110 pot. You know, we're also assuming with some of these prices that you're not getting a wart chiller. I got an $80 wart chiller and, you know, a bunch of other equipment that aren't exactly necessary, but uh, consider them bells and whistles that I I, I didn't skip on. I got them. And again, we will go through all of these different bells and whistles in various episodes in the future. Uh, I did want to ask uh, Casey, like you said, there are three types. Yes. Like the, the, the third type is the conical. All right. The conical is the perfect fermenter if it weren't for the type or for the price. It's right. basically the smaller version of what commercial breweries yeah. use. And they cost about 1500 bucks a pop. Like they you say conical, like expensive. what does it look like? I'm, I... All right. So it looks like you, okay. you've, you've seen a pyramid, right? Yeah. Or a cone, I guess, yeah, would be a, no, a cone. I, I, it's, I'd it's say a, a funnel with half globe over the top. Yes. All right. It's it's a funnel. It's a funnel uh, set in a stand, and then with a half globe over the top. And they're made out of stainless steel or plastic. Plastic again. You're going to have the same problem you have with all the other plastic stuff. Stainless steel again will last you a lifetime, but they do cost like you know fifteen hundred to two thousand, depending on the size you're getting. All right. A piece, and that's yeah, why you will not pay less than four digits. Yes. Like, uh, what is the advantage to this type? They all right. So uh, even the smallest you, ones, if are you're farming yeast, big volume, they're perfect for it. Yeah, uh, because you can you can pull out all the all the sediment in the yeast before you start racking the beer. Uh, I suppose I don't think we covered this. What is farming yeast? That is a completely different episode. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, not for the beginner. 
<laughs> Beginners do not. Don't worry about confirming no, yeast. Don't. Um, but no, some of the biggest reasons to want to do or to want to use a conical is it's super super efficient. Uh, for you know, Casey and I, when we do, you know, when we make a beer, we put it in a carboy, and then chances. Chances are pretty good oh, wow. that we end up transferring it to a, a second <laughs> container before we put it in the bottle. And now when we do these transfers, we end up losing a certain volume of beer, uh, you know, to absorption in the sediment, to not trying to grab all the liquid because it's so close to the sediment, you know, and varying reasons like that. But the conical takes care of that for you. It separates it with virtually no loss of the actual wort or yep. the beer. And I mean, it, it, it's just awesome. It's the epitome of what the home brewer w- would yes. want to use. It's just super expensive. Speaking of conicals, uh, Speedy actually found one on sale. How much was that one, Speedy? Uh, on more beer, a seven point five gallon conical is nine hundred bucks with free shipping. Yeah, only nine hundred bucks, guys. Only nine hundred <laughs> versus with the thirteen dollars you can pay for a, a plastic, plastic bucket, bucket with a gasket lid. <laughs> oh, but it has free shipping. <laughs> exactly, it does have free shipping. <laughs> All right. So besides the fermentation vessel and your boiling pot, you're going to need a bottling bucket. Yes. And so what the bottling bucket is going to do, it's pretty much going to look like your uh, your fermentation bucket, except it has a spigot at the bottom. Yes. And the reason for that is when you're ready for bottling day, uh, you put it in there with sugar water. The sugar is for bottle fermentation, which we can get to later. And then you just drain it into each bottle as you fill them, and, you know, which is something you obviously can't do. With a bucket that has no spigot. Yes. Uh, the one thing I do want to ask, and so we had talked about how the plastic uh, buckets before for a fermentation, like you had to replace those every year. Do you have to replace the bottling buckets every yes. year? Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, same thing this, with fermentation. Same reason. For right. all the same reasons. Yep. Yep. Um, the right. the short version is when you make your beer, uh, you can you can be less worried about all of your sanitize or sanitation all the way up to the boil. But as soon as the boil is done, that's when you have to be super freaking uber Nazi about everything that touches your beer, including every, you know, receptacle that it goes into, including the bottling bucket. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. No, it's true because all the way up until the boil, you're still going to boil it, you know, and then you can be less worried about it. I mean, obviously, you know, Practice sanitation. Yes. No, please practice please sanitation practice throughout sanitation. your entire thing. Because when you submit that beer to a competition, the judge who tastes it does not want his palate assaulted by terrible beer. <laughs> yes. But like I said, after that point is when anything that gets in there is in there. Done. End of story. It doesn't matter if it's one cell or a million. If it's in there, it's in there, and it can wreck your beer. Yes. Uh, before we move on, let's uh, start pouring some of this homebrew. Uh, Miles brought in some homebrew. And we actually have a couple of really interesting examples. We have one that is – we actually have two that are infected. One turned out like a good infection, and one turned out as a bad infection. Well, and so we're just going to taste kind of what those two different things taste like right now. Uh, so, Miles, why don't you tell us about the good infection while you're uh, passing it around here real like, quick. I'm, I'm surprised that there is such a thing as a good infection. Well, the, so while Miles is getting this ready, I'll talk about uh, spontaneous fermented beers or lambics or All like right. basically any open fermentation beer. Uh, that's what's considered a good infection. 
So any sour beer you taste has been infected with lactobacillus or uh, Brett or something like that, which we talked about on the last episode a little bit. And we will definitely go a bit more into that in a – oh, that's foaming quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible that this was a bad infected one. It it might it, it looks, looks like a little it. bad infection. That's why I grabbed the glass first. I completely understand. All right, so we might have two bad infections here, which is fine because then we can taste two different types of bad infections. So infections, uh, you're gonna get a di- uh, either a diacetyl flavor in your beer, which is like a buttery, just not good flavor, like butter beer. Not quite butter beer, oh. but uh, like mm-hmm. like you're taking a butt like like somebody took your glass and like put butter all around the lip and then you drank it is very slick on your tongue. Uh, you could get a like a sour taste where like like almost like a vinegar vinegar not good in your beer. Like it, I, I'm I'm sounding like the butter like the like the butter taste is like the least. Of your issues, like it, it sounds like the vinegar is like be far worse. Yes, the vin- well, the butter you can deal with, except it leaves like this slick taste on your tongue, and right. it just it doesn't taste right. And anybody who tastes your beer is going to be like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. Uh, and then yeah, you have the vinegar taste, and then that's going to give you this really sour, just like oh, what like almost like a cidery taste in a beer. So like a cidery taste in a cider. Good because it's a cider. Yeah, cidery taste in a beer bad. And then other than that, like any you can get uh, anything from like a pepper to a bubblegum taste in your beer and be like, there's something wrong with this. Not good. Or I'm just gonna say, in my opinion, like I think a pepper taste would be way better than a bubblegum taste. Like I just I'm not that big a fan of bubblegum. <laughs> Yes, but they're they're just off flavors in your beer. Yeah. So if your beer's t- not tasting like you thought it would, it is very possible it could be infected. Like, is there an actual beer out there that has like an a- actual pepper taste that like is actually good? I'm just curious. Like, yes, it's called furthermore not stock ale. Uh, they literally use black cracked peppercorns in their beer, and it's actually quite good. It's it, and it falls short of being gimmicky, and more on the side of like quirky but very good. I, I think it would be perfect for, uh, like, drinking with a nice rare steak. All right. That, that does actually sound All right, interesting. Uh, Miles, why don't you give your two cents on infection while I pour this real quick? Okay. So, uh, I mean, at least in reference to this beer, this was an IPA. And this was an IPA we made after making a couple of wild ales. And wild ales are beers that uh, you purposely infect and try and do that on a very positive note. And You if, can get like a sour smell from this one. Just yeah. Just that one in there. And so you were, you were trying to infect this one. No. This one was made after beers that we were trying to make sour. Right. The thing is, is they're called infectious because they can infect things um, unintentionally afterwards and that's what happened to this so we ended up using a uh, fermentation vessel that was uh, recently recently uh, exposed to wild yeast that ended up infecting this beer all right so it's like so it's it's very dry um dry meaning so when you're talking about something that's dry like it's used in wine a lot 
most of the sugar is eaten by yeast. So the more sugar that's eaten by yeast, the drier it is. And so this one is very dry. Yeah. Which is not indicative to style at all. It smells sour. It tastes... Bready. Bready. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like That's with two T's instead of a D. Yes. Uh, it, that taste is hard to explain. How would you explain that taste? Uh, I don't... It, no, it's... People have used the terms horse blanket... And, horse blanket or, fits. It yeah. smells and tastes like a horse blanket. I don't think it's quite the, that bad. Well, no, no, well, but like, well, see, the funny thing is, is that terms like that in reference to flavors and in, in uh, spirits is not nearly as offensive as you'd think they'd be. Oh, yeah? You know, like uh, tasting smoke in tasting smoke in wine is not a bad thing. However, everyone who sits next to someone having a cigarette in a bar is not very amused. Like I had a uh, oh shit, <laughs> is that one mine too? No. Okay, no. good. <laughs> like I had a uh, smoke flavored uh, beer today, and like I, like I had heard somebody like say something like, "Oh, this is that would be horrible." Like that it just tastes like a cigar, and I had I per- personally I would have to say that uh, I was actually not that bad. Like as I don't know if that particular. Smoke flavored one would be my favorite. Like it certainly would not be, but it well, wouldn't be bad. Well, no, but it's a uh, it's it's an overall concept. You know, like in a wine, <laughs> Casey's having a very ever. difficult time here. <laughs> so Casey, I, I'm, pour, I'm pouring another uh, infected beer, and it started overflowing on me, and so I took a giant swig. Oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> Did your book survive? Yeah, well, this book has had beer. It's so the book Carlos is talking about is How to Brew by John Palmer. It's the Brewer's Bible, basically. The Homebrewer's Bible. Absolutely, I've never been anywhere where it was not the first book referenced. Yes, for me. and so like it's had beer spilled on it multiple times. I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> but you can always order another one off Amazon Prime. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm passing around another beer here. Anyway, continue talking about your infections. I where where did I leave off? I don't know. You were talking about beer. I'm just surprised that Casey just poured out some of my beer (laughs) to replace it with his beer. So, Oh, sorry. I I thought you were done with the infected beer. I'm sorry, Carlos. No, no. I'm I'm done with it, I guess. I'm just... I guess we'll see how bad this one is. Yeah, How to Brew is on uh, Amazon right now for $12.38. Yep. And if you want a signed copy, you can get one on thebrewingnetwork.com. They're friends with John Palmer, and they have signed copies of How to Brew for sale. So, like, I'm just curious, how many times have you read this, Casey? Uh, back to back once, but I've referenced it thousands of times. And it has lots of recipes in it, or like, what what uh, it, it, to there, it? There's some there's some basic recipes to it, but it's basically the home brewing process, start to finish, with a whole bunch of science thrown in, like with all the different types. Like, it the, is the uh, perfect how to mixed with the perfect reference guide. Like, does it have everything from extract to all grain? It has everything. Yes. All right. All right. No, so, like, literally everything you can imagine. And any, anything you can think of, any question you have uh, about brewing can basically be answered with that book. Yeah. All right. So what we're drinking now is a actually commercial beer that is infected. Uh, it's by Woodman Brewery in uh, some place in Wisconsin. I don't know. I picked it up. Uh, you get a very it's, – it's a different type of infection. It's very cidery. tastes kind of watery. Uh, and doesn't smell very good. It's a vanilla bourbon ale that they tried. So it's it tastes like the wood that they put in might have been carrying some sort of infection. 
Uh, just before that, can I ask what did you, what did you think of my IPA? I hated it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I it was it was atrocious. I'm sorry. I, I'm surprisingly a big fan. I don't know. It might just well, be me. Honestly, <laughs> may, maybe it was the bottle, but it no, was but, it was way too much Brett. Believe me, it was probably the bottle. I think that's only uh, the third one I've opened that have uh, that has foamed over that way. The rest okay. have. You know, but then again, it has also been sitting for quite a while at yeah. this point. Like it's, I'm gonna have to say, like, um, in my case, I thought it was drinkable, but it wasn't an IPA that I liked. Yeah, yes. well, I mean, and that's in- incredibly valid because you know it was never an IPA that was supposed to turn out the way it did. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Go All on. right. So yeah, let's let's just take this, finish our infection talk, and then we'll move on with the brewing process. All right. This uh, new beer, I'll, I'll go first with this one. I think this was pretty disgusting. It was like the other one. It, the other one was drinkable. All right. No, this, this one was just not drinkable at all. Right. Like I don't. I don't think it was supposed to turn out anything like this. <laughs> I like this beer because the faces you guys made were funny. <laughs> Would you like to try it? No, get that shit away from me. <laughs> you might like this one. It doesn't taste like beer. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes more like no. a very light-bodied bad. Whiskey, maybe? I, I don't know. I don't, it's, no, it's not good. No, it's it's really weird, right? Like if you had to if you had to describe this beer in one word, what would it be? Funky. Funky. <laughs> Funky well, is a wait, good okay, word. Okay, so fair enough. It's it's not inaccurate because funk is the term that they use for the vast majority of wild beers out there. I do not like this beer. And I am one who can appreciate a beer for what it's supposed to be. This is obviously a beer that is not what it was intended to be. Um, it's not even just like they're between a couple of ideas and can't decide. It's just this isn't what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Wholly and completely. It just did failure. not finish. Yeah. It. It's a terrible beer. It just does not taste good. You know, and, and – at- at the very least, I can accept that it was infected when it wasn't supposed to be, and it's bad for that reason. So, yeah, whatever. I I can, you know, whatever. Yes. So, yeah. So, th- those are two examples of homebrew gone awry. Though one, of, I guess one of them was commercial. So, even the big guys screw up. Short version, never skip on your sanitation. Yeah, that's that's really <laughs> what it comes down to. Because at your, uh, during your making of the beer, during your fermentation, during your bottling, all of those are steps where it can become... Uh, Infected, And moving on with the equipment you're going to need. After the bottling bucket, you're going to need a siphon hose. So let me just reread this list real quick. So to start with, you're going to need at a five-gallon pot. Yep. A fermentation vessel, plastic bucket, glass carboy. Or what, glass carboy. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need a bottling bucket, which is a plastic bucket with a not with a... Siphon, uh, a siphon or, or a nozzle on it, nozzle, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to need a siphon hose, which is just a long length of just plastic tubing. Yeah, and then there are fancy versions and simple versions, which make it uh, easier. Yeah, you, not can, as you, easy. you can get like an auto siphon. The, the or, auto, honestly, auto siphon is the way to go. Auto you'll, siphon you'll spend is, an extra couple of bucks, but believe they're they're me, like six bucks, but they're a the godsend way to go. They are amazing. And basically all that is, it's a giant plunger that starts your siphon for you. Yeah, instead of having to dip your hand in there or having to suck on the end of yep. the hose, which, believe me, carries its own set of issues. Yes. And you don't With, have you if don't you get have to an auto siphon, those, do you? Uh, auto siphons you really don't have to replace. Um, no, I, I mean, every I'm, once in a while, but they're six bucks, so it's not yeah. a huge deal. No, it's really not. It, it's not a... 
auto I, I, siphon. Do it. Yes. I, 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 I like the auto siphon. I just figured I'd ask for the, like, just so people know, like, how often they have to replace yeah. this stuff. Um, a bottling wand. You're going to want one of those. Uh, a bottling wand is basically a plastic stick with this little uh, end on it. Plunger style yeah, thing. Yeah, that has, like, this little thing, and you use that for bottling. Like, are you, if, yeah. if you buy any kit, a bottling wand will come with it. Like, yeah. are you going to, like, what if you decide you want to skip right to kegging? Like... Do you, you still want a bottling? Then wand you don't need keep, a bottling wand. Like you, you don't need a bottling wand. But honestly, and I've told this to to several customers customers of mine, kegging has its own set of issues. It it does. It's more expensive, and there's yeah. There, Believe me, it has its own set it, of issues. It really does. Like I, I know, like there's our, there's more spots for infection, and but a bottling. If you're doing any sort of competitions, yeah. you're going to want a bottling wand. Which is why I and asked. I, I recommend that everyone does at least two batches of bottling before they go to. Kegging, just so they can fucking appreciate it. Not just that, but honestly, kegging is not something you can sort of get into. No. You are either wholly and completely devoted to kegging your beer, or you, it's just a whole bunch of wasted money and you're going to end up bottling anyways. Exactly. Like it, I, that is not a lie. Like, I brought this up because I know Casey bottles a couple, a yeah. couple bottles of our beer with each batch. I, I bottle 6 to 12 just for competitions, yeah. and I keg the rest. And I have six kegs that I rotate through. So depending on like what you're playing, you might want to definitely bottle... In addition to kegging, even if you decide to just yes. do kegging. Honestly, at the, I mean, for beginners, just you're bottle. Gonna, yeah, no, yeah. you're going to bottle. Your kits are going to come with bottle caps, and you, so you might as well just All you have to do is start saving up the uh, yeah, so non-to-stuff bottles. Yeah, no, and and for for those of you out there who need reasons to buy beer, buy non-twist-off bottles and reuse them. Yeah. Because you're going to pay 20 bucks plus shipping for a case of empty bottles or you could pay 10 bucks a you know or you know like 15 bucks a, a 12 pack my no shipping with bottles filled with beer <laughs> forever forever like no competition no there. competition there uh you're also going to need a large spoon either plastic or stainless stainless i recommend uh, I just want to go back to bottles for a second. There are certain uh, beers that do have, like, their labels come... Like, when you bottle your beer, you, depending... Like, it, when you t- try to take the labels off, like, you leave... Try to soap... Uh, let soak in soap... Soapy water for a little while. Like, some bottle... The, the Some labels come off easier. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, uh, that, I mean, that's... that's Everyone's going to have to find their yeah. own at, bottles. Like, as a home brewer, something like that is inconsequential. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, well... We tr- we've gone through no, like, we, we like when, when we know uh, we're gonna bottle we buy a whole bunch of Rush River because those bottles or those oh, labels come off like nothing else. Believe me, I know. Like, <laughs> so we just buy a shit ton of that. We ran a we ran a little low during uh, Christmas time. Yeah. Like well, we had to use like all the other other bottles and that some of them didn't come off very well. Okay, home brewers. Honestly, all you really need to do is just drink your beer and rinse out the bottle and then put it somewhere and you're good here here's an idea guys uh, buy an extra five gallon bucket fill it with sanitized water and as soon as you're done drinking that beer just throw it in that bucket that clean too. it out once a week your labels will be ready to come off your bottles will be uh cleanish and you'll be good to go yeah all right, uh, the other equipment you're going to need is a hydrometer to measure the alcohol content of your beer yep. and an airlock. An airlock Wait. is extremely important, and this isn't uh, often talked about to brand new homebrewers, but I'll say it now. 
uh, because I, it's in conjunction with something else I tell homebrewers, is the um, the blow-off tube. Yep. And that's uh, it, it is something more specifically tailored to when you own a carboy, glass, or plastic that acts just like a really, really gigantic airlock. And... Yeah, you might want to consider yes. getting with one a of bucket. Those. It's not quite as important, mostly because most buckets don't have a super airtight seal, so some of the gases can escape. Uh, but you can, like, I've had uh, airlocks shoot out of my bucket and hit the ceiling okay. because I needed a blow off tube. Okay, you and have? Then, I, I, I have. I've never seen that. And and, and just for I those who, who don't you. quite understand, what happens is during fermentation of the beer, and this is after you've pretty much made it and you're just letting it sit for a while, is there is an incredibly large amount of CO2 that's given off, and that needs to escape from the beer. And obviously you don't want to let contaminants into your beer, so they created what's called this airlock, or in this case uh, the blow-off tube, which allows the CO2 to escape through a water lock inside the airlock. And then... Yeah, so gases can escape without letting anything else back in to contaminate the beer. But sometimes fermentation is so excited that there's a whole bunch of foam that can clog up the whole system. All right. Okay, so we don't have a whole lot of time left. So what I want to do is do a talk about what is inside of an ingredient kit and then do a basic instruction rundown and then we're actually going to post a video later this week or next week that will show you how to actually uh, do the extract process start to finish so all right so inside of an ingredient kit you're going to find your hops uh, which are going to be in pellet form and they'll have a bunch of information that you don't need to be completely honest. Or for the need extract. to worry about. Yeah, you don't need that stuff. You're going to find some malt extract, both liquid, which is going to come in either a can or a jug. Uh, you're going to find some dry malt extract, which is going to come in a baggie. You're going to find some special uh, some specialty grains, which I spilled beer on, which was <laughs> pretty cool, guys. Pretty cool. Oh, wow, that's all wet. You're going to find a like a bag, like a... Like a uh, a tube sock, basically. Uh, yeah, basically a tube sock it, that you're going to put your specialty grains it, in to it, steep. It's actually a cheesecloth that that's, is just perfectly word, applicable yeah. to the process. Yes. Uh, you're going to find a package of dry yeast. And then you're going to find uh, some priming sugar and a set of instructions, which I don't have on the table. And usually you're going to find some bottle caps and possibly some sanitizer, depending on where you get the uh, the recipe the kit. Recipe kit. All right, so to brew a like brew an extract batch, it's really simple. So first thing you're going to do is you're going to take your pot, put three gallons of water in it, and bring that to a boil. Mm. Or not, not, not to a boil, I'm sorry, 152 degrees, right? It's somewhere between 145 and 165. Yeah, so about 150 degrees, depending on what your recipe sheet says. And then you're going to steep your grains for 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And then after that, you're going to bring – you're going to pull out your steeping grains yep. and bring your pot up to a boil. And once it's up to a boil, you're going to add your malt extract, 
the biggest thing when you're adding your malt extract, make sure you are stirring continuously so yes. that so it doesn't scorch while you're pouring it in. Yes. Because then you'll get all this caramelization and this burnt flavor to your beer. You don't want your beer to taste burnt. Just letting you know, you don't want that. Yeah, you don't at all. It tastes bad. All right, and so once you've done that, and you've brought like it's all up to a boil. You've poured in your malt extract. You're gonna you're gonna pour in your first edition of hops usually. Yep, and, and that's I uh, that's your bittering hops. Uh, sometimes you'll get uh, a recipe kit that names the hops bittering flavor and aroma. Yep, bitter is always first. Flavor is always second, and aroma is always, always at the last. End. And when you're looking at when to add stuff, so your typical boil is 60 minutes. Yep. And when you're looking at hop additions, they count down. So your 60 minute hop addition means it's going to boil for 60 minutes. So you add it at 60 minutes. Your 45 minute hop addition goes in at like when you have 45 minutes left on the boil. Yep. I pretty much tell people, uh, set it up literally like it's a timer. Like there's 60 minutes left. So the 60-minute hop addition goes when there's 60 minutes left. Your five-minute hop addition, in this case, you know, aroma, would go when there's five minutes left. So it only boils for the last five minutes, yes. et cetera. All right. Uh, and then while you're boiling, make sure you watch out for boil overs. Those are really common, especially if you're only using a five-gallon pot. You're going you're gonna to see that stuff come up. The best way to deal with boil overs is go to Walmart, get one of those cheap little like empty plastic squirt bottles, fill that up with just some water, and just spray the shit out of that boiling water. It works ridiculously well. It, it does. I He Casey told me about this. I was amazed. I am surprised I hadn't thought about it sooner. It's it's awesome. And then I'll let you know that uh, boil overs occur most often with um, the addition of dry malt extract, the powder, or with your first addition of hops. Yep. Yeah. When when you're doing your hot break, and well, I guess you don't really have to worry about a hot break when you're doing. Uh, well, the the boil over is the hot break. Yeah. Basically, and, and depending on what you're brewing, you might have to keep an eye. You're definitely gonna have to keep an eye. And keep an eye on it the whole hour just because the hoppier the beer, the more often you're going to get boil overs. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, after the first big one, you can be less worried about it. Yes. That's true. You can be less worried about it. Yes. All right. Uh, And then after after 60 minutes, you're going to take that off, throw the cover onto your pot, and submerge it or just like stick it in an ice bath. Yes. a lot of people just use their sink filled with cold water and ice, which I, works perfectly. I've seen people use snow outside. Yep. I also had a uh, recent customer who bought a fridge so oh. that he could put it into a fridge for a little, that, you know, a little mini fridge. That works. Uh, anything you can do to get it down to 70 to 80, 80 degrees Fahrenheit as soon as possible. The better. Uh, wort chiller, if you have an extra space. 70 bucks to spare, just saying. Yeah, is, no, war, uh, makes war all chillers the are awesome. The but if, if you're just getting started, the ice bath works great. You can do it in about an hour. Not, not The wort chiller, not truly necessary, but awesome. No, very cool. Very cool. All right, and then as soon as you get that uh, down to that uh, that temperature, you're going to uh, pour that into your sanitized uh, 
vessel, your yes. sanitized fermentation vessel, and you're going to kind of want to splash that in there, get that nice and aerated. Yes. Because uh, oxygen is really important for fermentation. We will have a fermentation episode further down the line where we'll talk more about that. Yes. All right. And then once you have that in there, you're going to want to top that off to about five gallons. Yeah. For many of you homebrewers, if you're really worried about making that actual five gallons of beer when you bottle it, you can top it off just a little bit higher than that. For those of you who are more worried about it truly fitting the recipe you're trying to make, put it only at five yes. gallons. You're going to end up losing some to absorption to the crap that's sitting at the bottle of the carboy, and you're also going to lose a little bit to uh, hydrometer readings. Yep. But overall, that's fairly inconsequential. Not something you should worry too much about. It's, it's nothing you need to worry about. All right, and then you're going to take the yeast, and you're just going to throw that in the bucket. Uh, you, There's two ways you can do it, especially with dry yeast. You can take it, and you can rehydrate it, which a lot of people recommend. In fact, I recommend it because it's better if you rehydrate it before you throw it in. Or you can just throw it into the bucket. I've done it both ways, and honestly, it works fine both ways. But rehydrating it just makes me feel better. I'll say that uh, over time and some of the feedback that I've had from the recipe kits that I've been selling to my customers, rehydrate your yeast with 30 exclamation points. Do not skip this process. It's so freaking easy and it makes all the difference in the world. And the short version of why is this. You have the dry yeast, it's dormant, it's sleeping, and then throwing it just into the carboy with your uh, with your beer is uh, is very... It's going to shock the yeast. It, it, it's a very stressful environment for the yeast. The easier you are, the, the healthier they are, the better for your beer. And if you put it in warm water first for at least half an hour, which is literally all you have to do, just some warm water for half an hour... In all the difference in the world entirely. You can see as much as a five or a six day in, uh, speed increase on your primary fermentation. Yeah, your, your primary fermentation is going to go a lot better and a lot faster if you rehydrate your yeast. Yeah. I, I mean, for example, if you don't do that, you can have to wait th- up to three or four days for fermentation to start. Yes. And then wait up to two weeks after that for fermentation to finish. Whereas if you do the the yeast start, which is what we're talking about here, if you do that whole warm water thing, you can see fermentation start in as little as a couple of hours and then finish six days later. Yes. I mean, you can save yourself a week of time by spending half an hour just putting it in warm water. All right. All right, so yeah, that's that's basically how you uh, like. That's a homebrew one hundred and one. That's how you start. And next time we do the homebrew episodes, we're gonna go into a little bit more detail on some of these specific processes. For those of you who are interested in homebrewing, uh, please start and let us know if you do your first batch or your fifteenth batch in the next month or so. We definitely want to talk about it and. So, yeah, just let us know how it goes. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us or, you know, find us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Or hop into Divine and ask Miles directly. Yep, I am, uh, I am the craft manager at Divine. All right, so I think we should wrap up our show here. Sounds good. We can get some wrap-up music. All right, so next week we are having John Schroeder on, the owner of Divine Liquors. Divine Liquors. 
Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do a layered beer episode. So go find a layering spoon if you can. Sold uh, at Divine Liquors. They're sold at, sold at Divine Liquors, eBay, Amazon, wherever you can find one. Find one, and I'll post the uh, recipes that we're going to do later this week. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, some announcements this week. The Hunt for Darth Castle on Tabletop Theater. Air, uh, the final episode airs Wednesday, February 27th. I'm really excited for this finale. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Carlos has taken over the blogging duties on Blind Ninja Studios, so make sure to check out the site every Monday for a new blog post. Team Fortress tonight, guys. Friday, March 1st, we are hosting our very first Team Fortress tonight. Uh, the official start time is at 9 p.m. CST. Unofficially, the servers will be up before then, and we're probably going to be on by 7.30, 8 o'clock that night. So if you want to stop in early, great, we'll be there. Server information it, you can find on our Facebook page. We created an event. It's all kinds of exciting. And if you have any questions, uh, shoot us a message on Facebook or send an email to theninja at blindninjastudios.com. Uh, question of the week for next week. If you could have any one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's the last album you can ever listen to. What would it be, guys? Let us know. And if you have any feedback on this episode or any other episodes, let us know at feedback at blindninjastudios.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindninjastudios. Or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And we'll see you guys next week with John. It'll be a lot of fun. Bye.